This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, April 22nd, 2022. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, the Arthur Svensson International Prize for Trade Union Rights is awarded. The plight of informal workers in the Philippines. The Labour Start report about union events and singing. I belong, you belong, we belong to the union. This is Radio Labour. An exiled Labour leader and his union have been recognized for their struggles. Seamarie Ainsborough reports. The Arthur Svensson Prize for Trade Union Rights is awarded annually by the Norwegian Union Industry Energy. Perhaps because Norway is the country which awards the Nobel Peace Prize, it has been called the Labour Movement's Nobel Prize. The award consists of about 50,000 euros, half of which goes to the recipient and half to help the work the organization or individual is supporting. My name is Espen Löken. I am a secretary of the Arthur Svensson International Prize for Trade Union Rights. This is a prize to promote and strengthen trade unions and trade union rights internationally. And it has been awarded each year since 2010. The prize is presented to a person or organization that has worked predominantly to promote trade union rights and or strengthen trade union organizing around the world. And each year's award is based on nominations from trade unions all over the world. And I'm very happy to announce that the Arthur Svensson Prize this year goes to the Liberian Trade Union for Health Workers, Nawul, and its leader, George Poe Williams. I will read from the prize committee's justification. Uh, George and Nawul received the award for their fight for basic trade union rights for a group of workers who have been particularly vulnerable during the pandemics that have hit Liberia in recent years. During the Ebola pandemic in Liberia, health workers had very poor working conditions. 10% of health workers lost their lives. At the same time as the world has applauded the health workers' fight against COVID-19, health workers in Liberia have lacked protective equipment, received low wages, and their right to organize has been attacked. The union Nawul and their leader Williams have fought for the health workers' right to organize and bargain. They saw that a strong union was needed to improve the working conditions of the health workers. The government of Liberia has seen the union growth as a threat, and Williams and several of the leaders were fired from their jobs. After a global campaign, Williams and his colleagues got their jobs back, and Nawul was promised a number of, of improvements and that the union would get the right to bargain. But in 2020, the health workers took action and the authorities threatened to send security forces against them and imprison Williams. Williams was abroad at the time and has since been in exile. Several government employees and shop stewards have been harassed and some even killed. We hope 
that the award of the prize will put pressure on the Liberian authorities to recognize Nahul and Williams as representatives of the health workers in the country with a right to negotiate on behalf of their members. But first, Williams must return safely from exile and have the opportunity to lead the health workers further. And lastly, the award will contribute to Nauru's campaign for better health services and better working conditions for health workers in the country. And the award should also be seen as a recognition of health workers around the world. They have had very demanding working conditions during the pandemic. The award ceremony will be in Oslo in Norway, the 15th of June. Two billion workers, more than 60% of the world's adult labor force, work in the informal economy. They work in precarious jobs, which are often dangerous. Their plight was the focus of a recent podcast by the International Labor Organization. The ILO is the UN specialized agency focused on matters of work in the world. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the ILO's Future of Work podcast. I'm Steve Needham at the ILO Regional Office for Asia and the Pacific in Bangkok. Here in Thailand, if you see someone selling food by the road, working in the fields, building a house, chances are they're working in the informal economy. They're certainly not alone. Recent ILO figures point to more than 60% of the world's adult labor force and some 2 billion workers operating in the informal economy. The informal economy is often characterized by unsafe and unhealthy working conditions, low or irregular incomes, and long working hours. Workers in the informal economy are not recognized, registered, regulated or protected under labour legislation and social protection. The consequences are severe, both at the individual, family and national level. Despite major efforts over the years, there are few signs of the informal economy shrinking in size. In fact, the COVID-19 pandemic has pushed more workers into informal work to survive. To talk about this, I'm joined today by Susanita Babes-Tesiona, National President of the Alliance of Workers in the Informal Economy, who joins us from the Philippines. Good afternoon. Babes, no need to pay taxes, no regulations, no bureaucracy. You know, for some, the informal sector almost sounds like a, a, a paradise. But what is the reality of life for informal workers and their families? And how has the COVID-19 pandemic affected them? Mostly of the workers, generally the, the informal sector workers, like vendors, are largely unprotected socially. They are not largely unregistered in the national government agencies and even in the local government agencies that makes the absence or lack of, of social protection from the government. They are the earned law, especially during the pandemic. No vendors were allowed to sell their products in the public markets. And even in, in normal conditions, they cannot see, sell anywhere because they are already regulated now. And because there are plenty of workers competing with the, with the prices, la- largely they lose income or they do not profit at the end of the day. And they borrow money from loan sharks and that makes them more vulnerable. And because they, there's, there's no regulation, they are always caught by policemen or in the Metro Manila, it is the Metro Manila Development Authority personnel. 
and it's really hard. They are, they are, they survive very hardly by loans, by borrowing, and they cannot even pay those market or those stocks coming from provinces because they can hardly sell also during the pandemic. I, I was in a Starbucks in, in Bangkok a few weeks ago, and there, and there must have been maybe 15 delivery drivers from these, these platform delivery drivers there waiting to pick up their orders and, and take them to their customers wherever they would be. This is an incredible number, and it's obviously been, been spurred by the, by the COVID-19 pandemic. But this, this huge growth in, in the platform economy or the, or the gig economy has taken place worldwide. Is, is this a good thing? For the move towards formalization, is it like a magic bullet which will, which will solve a lot of problems, or will it, does it come with its own uh, with its own challenges? They can be both. If the government is very responsive, there are already laws in which this platform uh, workers can be covered because I can say that there is an established employer employee relationship between the restaurants, for example, for those in the delivery of food. It's not good for the workers. Here with his report about union events is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top story section included links to coverage of what one veteran Norwegian trade union leader has called the biggest attack on trade unions in Europe since the end of the Second World War. This week in Belarus, the leaders of independent trade unions, that is to say unions which do not parrot the policies of the Belarusian state, were arrested. Included in the sweep was a member of the Labour Start executive. All this in the context of the Russian invasion of Ukraine with support and assistance from Belarus. We also carried items about a long-running strike in the United Kingdom and why it is attracting so much support from the labor movement there and coverage of the arrest, detention, and conviction to hard labor of Russian journalists accused of violating that country's ban on news of the invasion of Ukraine. But my favorite top story of the week was about the innovative ways in which the Building Workers International, the global union federation for the construction sector, is using sports and sports stars to organize in solidarity with migrant workers around the world. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found stories about a potentially huge lawsuit in Canada against an airline accused of tolerating sexual assault by male employees against women workers. More on the union campaign to end sexual harassment in South African mines, and the story behind a rise in the minimum wage for Indonesian domestic workers employed in Malaysia. A small sample of the stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week includes the first stories of the year about the annual Global Day of Mourning for workers killed or injured on the job, and a renewed push to have asbestos removed from all public buildings in the United Kingdom. One story, many countries, is how to describe the crisis amongst medical first responders around the world. Paramedics and ambulance workers around the globe are arguably experiencing a critical level of exhaustion. Our current photo of the week comes to us from one of Spain's most storied unions, the CNT, which recently launched a national campaign to organize building cleaners and domestic workers using the slogan, It's up to the cleaners to clean up bad practices. Among other things, the campaign aims to enforce reasonable hours of work and to end gender-based harassment at work. 
This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is the Australian folk singer Tim O'Brien singing We Belong to the Union. You can bruise my pride and bust my face Scatter my rights all over the place And take the bread from off my plate But you can't break me Lock me out, chain the gates Put black shirts in with dogs and mace I'll hold the line, won't step away Cause you can't break me I belong, you belong We belong to the union Don't count me out when I'm on the floor We'll win again, we've won before The streets will ring with a mighty roar Cause you can't break me Stocks rise up on workers' backs Profits soar while you hand out the sack Boardroom bullies bloated and fat But you can't break me Australia's sold to mates offshore Backroom deals and shonky law This day has come, we say no more You can't break me I belong, you belong, we belong to the union I belong, you belong, we belong to the union Turn away if you dare us to fight I swear I'll never lay down and die I'm in the union, mate, got a right to belong We'll be back, millions strong Women and men united as one Cause you can't break me There's a warning here to the men in grey The piper's come, it's time to pay We're taking back what you stole away Cause you can't break me I belong, you belong, we belong to the union I belong, you belong, we belong to the union And that's it, Labor News You Can Use. You can listen to our daily newscasts and features at radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.